Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today we are discussing the 14th parak of Sefer Melachim, which opens by telling us that Yeravam's son has taken seriously ill. And this is clearly a punishment for Yeravam's sin and the way you, he led the northern kingdom astray. Yeravam, presumably having exhausted every other option, tells his wife to take a drastic measure, to dress up in disguise, and to go to Achia Hanavi, the prophet that initially told Yeravam he was going to be the king of the north, and she's to go and ask him what they are to do in order to help their son. Now, on the most basic level, I think this is a powerful moment because compare it to last parak. Last parak, a navi, identified in Divrei Hayamim as Ido, came knocking on Yeravam's door with a message, with warning, with guidance. Yeravam dismissed the navi. He missed the golden opportunity of having the navi knock at his door. And as a result, in this moment of desperation, he has to now run after the navi. He has to go and take a drastic measure to seek the guidance of that very same Navi. So it's a very powerful message. Hashem will come to you with guidance, but if you miss that opportunity, you're going to end up having to grovel and run, run after him, capital H. Of course, there's even more depth and irony in this moment. And I think it's instructive uh, to compare it to another comparable situation, a parallel situation that we've already encountered. And that is the story of Shaul at the end of his life, on the eve of this major battle with the Plishtim who are gathering their forces, Shaul is afraid. He's in a moment of crisis. So he, dis- he disguises himself and he goes to seek the help of the witch of Endor, a necromancer, to try and bring up Shmuel uh, from the dead and to seek guidance from Shmuel. In this case, we also have a king, this time it's Yeravam, seeking through an intermediary woman, just like Shaul, the guidance of a prophet, the prophet who anointed him, or at least told him that he would become king. Uh, that's Achiah Navi, And it's, of course, also in a moment of crisis. So these are very similar situations. But what's most interesting is the way in which they differ from one another. For Shaul, this was a low point because he was, he was really proving himself to be quite the hypocrite here. He needed to consult this necromancer, but previously as king, he rid the land of all of these witches and all of this sorcery, all these necromancers, and now he himself has to go and seek out this necromancer, which is obviously in and of itself uh, a demonstration of great spiritual weakness. Yeravam, it's, things are, 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 are entirely inverted. Why does he not go himself? Why does his wife go? And why does his wife herself have to be disguised? The reason is because, like Shaul, this was a moment of great hypocrisy. Only unlike Shaul, the hypocrisy was that he, up until this point, Yerubim had led the nation so far off track, so far away from Hashem, that he couldn't be seen seeking the guidance of a true Navi of Hashem. So the moment is, is parallel, but it's a parallel opposite to Shaul. Shaul, it was a low moment set to the backdrop of a kingship in which he had accomplished much, you know, many things that are, that are good. For Yeravam, this was a low moment because this was a, a kind of a lone situation in which he was behaving honorably or reasonably seeking the guidance of a true Navi, but it's set to the backdrop of such a horrendous tenure as king. So it's, it, there's this really rich uh, foil that you can set up or, or, or parallel opposite that you can set up uh, between the Shaul moment and the Yerava moment. For both, it's a low moment, but they're low for, for almost uh, parallel, polar opposite reasons. The Navi, uh, Achia, 
uh, is informed by Hashem exactly who this woman is. As she is approaching, as Yeravam's wife is approaching him, Hashem tells him exactly who she is. And of course, it makes her and Yeravam look so silly. The very notion that a Navi could be tricked is uh, it's preposterous. You're going to this person because he's a Navi, because he's a person with uh, an elevated understanding of things. And so it's just strange to think that simultaneously you could go to him for his his insight and his wisdom, but also think you could fool him. So even that, the whole plan is just, of course, uh, kind of absurd. In any event, he tells the woman he knows exactly who she is, and he goes on to tell her that he has difficult, biting words, critical words for her, and that's what he delivers. He tells her that, unfortunately, her son will die, uh, that Yeravam is going to be punished, and that the entire northern kingdom is going to suffer as a result of Yeravam's evil leadership and regime. That's exactly what happens. We learn that the son does, in fact, die, and the parak quickly uh, wraps up by telling us that uh, Yeravam's kingship comes to an end, and then the parak shifts to the southern kingdom. It is uh, unfortunate that as we turn our attention to Rechavam's tenure as king, uh, things are not really much better. He doesn't really fare uh, much better than Yeravam did. Rechavam is uh, unfortunately also responsible for the nation, or at least he oversees to some degree the nation going astray from Hashem. We are told that Shishak, the king of, of Egypt, attacks and sacks Yerushalayim and the Beis HaMikdash, taking all of the gold, all of the splendor, and really ending all of the grandeur of Shlomo's reign. All of the amazing accomplishments that are symbolized, captured by the, by the beauty and the luxury of the Beis HaMikdash and the palace, all of that is stripped away by Shishak. And, uh, and, and in that respect, really Shlomo's great reign ends at this point. And Rechavam himself, uh, we are told, uh, dies thereafter. His son Aviyam succeeds him as king, and uh, so ends the Perak. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz, and happy learning.